Talk Show is brought to you by... Hey, want to feel young again? Are you tired, run down, have aches and pains, brain fog? This is science-based, not hype or fancy marketing. It really works. Carbon-60 helps detoxify your body on the cellular level. It stabilizes free radicals, just like the antioxidants found in red wine and berry stew, but on a far smaller, more bioavailable nanoscale. It's like a bottle of electrons, helping your body to function better. You can also apply it on your skin, topically, over muscles, joints, or organs. Most people feel results within minutes. This is not a drug. It's organic carbon. Feel better today. About 95% of our users report more energy and clarity of mind within 10 days. Give us a call at Greska's Carbon 60 at 720-600-6040 or visit our site at c-60.com. Call 720-600-6040 and feel young again. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel. iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane Age. New day, new show, an awesome topic, a topic that I've been wanting to discuss. I had one show that related to this topic a long time ago, and that was during the coming back from COVID. Uh, but we might even a little bit touch on that today. But, but really, today's show is about a part of health that sometimes we don't give enough, I guess, presence and discussion and word to although it is part of our life it's important it is something that is that is part of our health and it's supposed to be you know at best premium optimum you know levels and i'm referring to the topic of oral hygiene dentistry that kind of thing and with me today i have a a, a doctor who's a dentist uh who's going to bring us closer to this topic and and we're going to talk about oral health hygiene you know why we need to do certain things what works what doesn't what should we do in certain you know stuff and i can i can relate to a lot of things i mean our kids had some stuff i had some stuff done you know and and, and it's amazing right so so today we're going to bring this to light hopefully we can bring some information to you that that may have eluded some of us out there and again this is a worldwide show so it's not equal everywhere what we're going to talk about can be you know a real value for everybody that's watching and listening today so without any further ado, I have with me Dr. Teresa Yang. Doctor, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Hurricane. It's a pleasure to be here. An honor and a privilege and definitely a pleasure. So so, so let's do basic things, right? Doctor, so you are a, a dentist, you know, um, that practices dentistry and you, you don't do specialty. You just do general dentistry, correct? Correct. Correct. All right. So, so let's talk about that. I mean, what? What is dentistry? I mean, I mean, everybody seems to know what that is, but what what does it involve? Because I mean, there's more to this thing that we just think. I mean, I think everybody thinks we go to a dentist, you know, they do a little scan, and you know, if you have any something, and they'll fix it for you. Let's. I think there's more to it. Well, I think the most important thing that's been a, a fairly recent development is that what we're all starting to realize is that dental health is tied to overall health. So your mouth is connected to the rest of your body. And what happens in your mouth, it just makes sense that that impacts the rest of your body. So 
what we're seeing is that, for example, there's a link between dental health, gum disease, periodontal disease, and type 2 diabetes. So when we have uncontrolled gum disease, uh, then the next thing that you think is, oh, well, does that patient have uncontrolled diabetes? And maybe I should refer that person to their physician to have a look or vice versa. If you see a patient that comes in and they had good gum health and then things start to deteriorate, then you have to ask yourself why. So I think that's the most important element. Uh, another example is if we look at the back of the throat and the mouth and there's very little room, well, then we may come to the conclusion that the airway space is not ideal. And that could be someone who has sleep apnea. So my next question is, gee, uh, Mr. Hurricane, do you snore? And if you tell me yes. Yes, OV, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife my is wife kicking me <laughs> yes, every single night. Then I'm going to suggest that you contact your physician and perhaps sign up for a sleep study, or I might give you a very simple, easy, quick questionnaire as a screening tool to see if you might have sleep apnea. Because if you have sleep apnea, what we've learned is that that impacts your overall health. It puts you at greater risk of stroke, obesity, um, depression, Alzheimer's, on and on. So those oh are God. just a, a couple examples. Oh, we I don't know if you saw. Yeah, I don't know if you saw there was an exhibit uh, many years ago on the human body, pretty graphic exhibit where they showed uh, um, muscle and skin. Yes, and yes. Uh, there, so uh, I forgot what it was called. All over the world. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. a traveling exhibit. And they had it in New York as well. Yeah, you know, it was it was big. And there was one just before where, COVID. It was it was just I way think, before COVID. And there was one uh, that I remember where it showed the blood vessels. It was dyed, so it, it looked like at this humongous tree where the the root at the very base of the tree, the the blood vessels in the foot, are connected to the blood vessels in the head to the highest leaf. So that that's just a metaphor for how everything is tied in, in our and connected in our bodies. They're from the nervous system. I mean, you have that picture of the whole nervous system in one yes. place. Yeah, I, I, listen, it's it's fascinating. And and by the way, you know, Teresa, you've you've touched on a lot of things. And you know, typically, again, the basic person knows dentistry and dental teeth. That's the first thing we hear. Uh, the gum piece, the the oral piece, and and you know all the things that can actually affect your throat, your your digestive, you know, and the rest of it. I mean, you you referred to diabetes. You you talked about sleep apnea. You talked about a whole different slew of things that we would have not. At least me personally, I wouldn't thought that they were connected. One way, yeah, those will be like not part of what a dentist, you know, uh, is going to even be able to reveal in in the visit. And, and frankly, I mean, I go to my dentist, you know, and I, they just do the work that I go for, which is maybe look for a cavity or, you know, something and, and they fix it. But, but really it is beyond that. And, and, and that is an important, you know, part of the discussion today. But, but, but this, this thing starts when you're a baby. I mean, technically as a kid, you know, you have development of your teeth and everything. So there's, there's a whole range of things that can happen, you know, from that point, am I right? Or, you know, or am I missing something there? No, no, it starts, it actually starts in the womb, you know, it starts, okay. with, it, it starts with the pregnant mom. 
Interesting. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like everything else, right? Like everything else, right? So if you have a pregnant woman who's um, takes drugs, then that's going to be that's going to show up in the baby, and the baby might be born with problems with addiction. So it, it starts that early. Um, but you said something earlier about when you go for an exam, you know, they're looking at teeth and, but there's it's so much more than teeth. So I, I wrote a book and even though the book is titled nothing but the tooth, I love it. <laughs> it's really about so much more than teeth. And when you go for an exam, you should expect the dentist looks at more than teeth. So when you when you go for an exam, um, are they looking at elsewhere in your mouth, your tongue, for example? So I have, listen, I can tell you, I've had different levels of doctors. Some did, some didn't. I mean, they do the uh -huh. full x-ray. I mean, back in the days, it was the bite wing, you know, uh -huh. the, 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 the little bite thing is. And, and, and then now you have a whole scan, you know, that goes, you know, you get that. But they do, you know, again, I've I've had several levels of dentists, you know, I've even done ozone, you know, type of treatments, you know, uh, with some more, I guess, organic dentistry type. And, and you know, it's it's different, but you're right. There are doctors that look at your tongue. They see if there's any other, I guess, symptoms of some other condition that may be affected and it's showing in your mouth. Uh, you know, the gum is definitely something that, you know, when you do your six months, you know, uh, cleanings and stuff, they actually check and they see like how bad your gum is and whether mm -hmm. you have some separation. I, I can tell you, I mean, those are things that, that I have seen done to me and to my, my family, my kids, for example, had done their braces. So I've been with them, you know, to I mean, three kids. I mean, the oldest is 26 and they all gone through braces. And I do have a question about that to you, doc, you know, is there, I mean, that, that, that comes later in the discussion, but, but to answer your question, uh, not, some doctors do more, than others now that's just been my thing and to be honest with you again doctors are different right everybody's got different way of looking at things some they just do the basics you come in you know it's a routine visit they'll do stuff you know there's no cavity you could to go by some they like for example i i had cavities when i was a kid you know well not a kid i mean my regular tooth right after i you know had the permanent ones and i had those uh, aluminum what, what do you call them the fillings right the old fillings and i had them replaced by the non i guess uh I mean, by the organic version of things, right? And so so that was one of the things that, you know, one of the doctors, and that's where we did the ozone treatment and things like that. So it was uh, just removing all that off and, you know, getting all that mercury out, you know, and, and getting me something better. Uh, and so I, I got that. So that's that's just my experience with, with how it went with me personally and with my kids. So, yeah, so that's my answer. <laughs> so, um, well, you talk about fillings, so... Yes, um, in the past, we had just a couple options available, which would be the, the silver amalgam, which, correct, you're, you're, you're correct in that it has some amount of mercury in there. Um, having said that, though, the American Dental Association and the research has shown that even though that there is mercury in there, for the average person, um, the, the levels are so small that they're not, it's not toxic. So I still have silver amalgam fillings in my mouth and I'm perfectly comfortable with them. Um, but we are trending away from doing that in part because people want to look pretty, you know, we want to have white fillings. And so now we have composite resin materials available. That's probably what you had replaced with uh in in substitution of the silver fillings 
And once upon a time with the composites, there was really one color available and it came in A and B. And then the dentist had so many seconds to mix it together and slap it into your mouth and shape it and get it as close as possible. And that was that. But now we have, you know, so many colors. It's like choosing a paint color for your house and the dentist can take as much time as possible to shape that filling to ideal. So there, there's so many more options in terms of the materials. So the materials have improved, um, even with crowns. Do you have any crowns in your mouth? So I that do. material has improved. We used to have porcelain, and we still use porcelain today. Uh, there's a type of crown called porcelain fused to metal, where there's a metal backing. So you may have seen people who, when they smile, they have uh, a gray area around their gum line or a dark line around the gum line well that's the metal showing underneath and nobody likes that it's ugly so now we have these materials that are just tooth colored materials without any metal and they look so natural i can't even tell that somebody has an artificial tooth or a crown so there have been a lot of advancements well i mean listen like everything else, right? I mean, and it's good stuff. I mean, from from a cosmetic, you know, look or aesthetic look, it's it's mm. appealing. Uh, also, I guess from a healthier, like you know, you know, with less mercury, there's less risk because I'm you know, if these things fall, you might swallow them, and it could be, you know, I guess, I guess not good for your health. I mean, everyone knows mercury, or maybe not, you know, that it's it could be dangerous um, in in doses. <laughs> you know, not, I, I love what you said that it's not a huge quantity, but again, if someone mm -hmm. has a full mouth of those things. It can add up. So, because I remember when the doctor removed them, I mean, he had a whole, like, it looks like, you know, a PPE, you know, look, you know. Right, they had, used the scavenging. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was the whole thing. Yeah. You know, there was the suction. I had oxygen on. I mean, it was just, it looked like a scene, you know, from the movies, but, <laughs> but, but, but it was, it was what it is. And I had the whole ozone treatment, you know, which, by the way, was, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was a great thing. I mean, it certainly, give more vitality to to the the mouth and the gum and everything so so I, I that's just my experience and by the way people watching and listening right now they might not even know what i'm talking about because that's that's a fairly new i believe type of uh, dentistry you know uh it's not uh, in the mainstream yeah it's, exactly yeah yeah because yeah, well, a lot of people not, know about i don't want to say it's not accepted but it's not in the mainstream Got it. I'll, I'll keep it at that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he is more like like again, it's a it's an organic dentistry type, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 he specialized in that. And so, um, he offered that, and it sounded right by me, and I I, I tested it, and so far it's been good. I mean, I haven't had any problems, but I do want to go back to uh, you. Literally mentioned something that is that is kind of mind boggling, which is it starts in the womb. Parents, your mom, you know, can have different, you know things drugs alcohol whatever smoking those I, we know that they completely affect other parts of the health right but is there a direct correlation with with the mouth and and the dental the dental piece of of, of our health um whatever the mother takes in through you know the the the, the baby um absorbs and so yes yeah, so carrying on about the, the the silver filling. So I think in a pregnant woman or even in children, even though I said earlier that the amount of mercury, I'm not concerned personally, and it's considered safe under the, the levels that it's contained, um, 
in a pregnant woman or children, I probably would not choose to do a silver amalgam filling. Um, when, when baby is born, oh, this is something very interesting that I'll pass along to you. There's a, a ligament that connects the tongue that holds our tongue in place. So you, in a normal person, that with that ligament, you can move your tongue around. Some people can even touch the tip of their nose with their tongue. But in an infant, in a newborn who has something called tongue tie, where that ligament might be too short, so that is a problem. That baby is not going to be able to nurse properly, breastfeed properly, because they will not be able to form the seal that it takes and they'll have failure to thrive. So this was something that was not known 10, 20 years ago. And now with the newborn at the hospital, they are checking that. I once had a patient who had a child who was two or three and and the, the poor mother had gone through such hell really because her baby had failure to thrive and and that she was miserable the kid was losing weight and it was all because that ligament was too short so she went to numerous doctors and they finally figured it out but by the time that it was repaired it took the kid some time to rehabilitate and to be able to actually had to go through therapy to learn how to use their tongue properly that, that, so, that, thank you, Doc. Thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. that's unique. I mean, would have known. I mean, that's, so that's an example of what happens right from the get go, from birth. And again, so so again, message to mothers out there. You know, if you're pregnant, you know what to do. You gotta give up if it's not. We're we're just suggesting that's how, that's your choice, folks. But but the idea is that if you want a healthy baby, you know, uh, and and even your health. I mean, ultimately, everybody we want everybody to be healthy. But that's a choice. And and I think sometimes it is the beauty of having kids because I think sometimes parents tend to to become different people when they they finally have someone else that they know they're responsible for. And that's a beauty piece. And, and I, you know, over oh, absolutely. This time, you know, you change your life around your kids and just a different thing. So I think that's a good start, you know, where people give up some things that they've been used to. But as long as it's not too late, where it's something that is going to be passing onto the, the the next generation and the children, and that's that's really important. And yes, it affects health. And you know, this is a good example where it's not affecting the rest of the body, but it's affecting the mouth, and then that's a problem. And at, as simple as as you said, it's a tongue, and then there's there's abilities that need to be learned over time because you lose some of that initial stuff and even nursing as you said that you know i mean nursing is important if you can't do it right. if the kid's not getting nutrition and it's not gaining weight that's a huge problem but it, you had mentioned earlier something about you have three children and something about braces yeah i want to address that because because I, I this is just me i i i recall growing you know only few people had braces but I know that the new generation, I almost see everybody with with the braces, you know, on. It's like it's almost like necessary to see kids going through a braces process. Is there a reason behind that today? Because in my generation, at least when I grew up, braces were like something that nobody did. And if they did, it was going to be a, an exception. Um, so I'm not sure. And then uh, it's a question that, also, that always kind of bothered me. <laughs> I needed to get an answer for it. <laughs> I don't know if there is an answer for it, but <laughs> I'm going to try. 
So all three of your children had braces. Yes, which is my 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 wife didn't. I didn't. I just don't know why they came up with with, with the three of them braces, and they had to go to the course. Uh, one of my sons had a, a tighter jaw, so we had to to expand, expand. a little. Yeah, expand. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, so so it was a little bit worried. My my daughter had you know overlapping you know uh, you know teeth, and so I had to also do some expansion stuff like that. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. Not sure why, but but it it just you know it's it's an observation that I noticed. But it's not just in my kids. My best friend's kids, they all had braces, you know, and I see them every day. Children, my, my, my kids' friends, they all have braces, you know, no idea why. And it's, it's happening in today's generation more than, I guess, my generation. I guess I, I was born in the 70s, so I grew up with none. And I mean, these are still my teeth, you know, from, from the beginning. So, you know, I, maybe they're not as, as fitted as, as, as perfect, you know, you know, fit, but, but I'm, maybe I can use a little bit of, uh, Invisalign or I don't, I don't know something <laughs> that can help him, but but that's just me at this age. But but certainly at a younger age, why? I mean, is there a a condition that is making that happen in those kids today? Is that a nutrition deficiency maybe that is happening that's creating some of that? Um, is it just a generational thing? I don't know. Uh, no, there is. I would venture to say that kids get better nutrition than you did or than I did. Um, but I would have to agree with you that you see braces at a much earlier age. Um, the American Association of Orthodontists recommends that every child have an orthodontic evaluation by age seven. So whether that's done with the orthodontist or your general dentist or the pediatric dentist, that is a good idea. There are certain conditions that should be treated early. Uh, an example would be um, a kid that's missing a permanent tooth somewhere. So even if the treatment doesn't take place early, there's planning and thought that should be, that should occur as to how are we going to handle this because there are different ways without getting too clinical of handling this. Or if a kid has uh, a tooth that's sticking way out and you know that the first time that Johnny falls on his office skateboard or starts to do soccer, He's going to break that tooth and it's going to be need a root canal and a crown. And then that's something that needs to be maintained for the rest of his life. So there are specific certain situations that should be treated early. But I'm probably going to upset my orthodontic colleagues by saying that in many ways, I agree with you that I think that children are getting braces too early and uh, we're, we're, it's, we're, we're seeing it everywhere. So not every fifth or sixth grader should have braces. Uh, some things have changed. One you alluded to, which is when I had braces, strangely, just on my top teeth. I guess my parents could only afford either top or bottom, and they chose top. But when I was growing up, the philosophy was you wait until all the permanent teeth come in, which in a girl occurs around age, say, 12 to 13-ish. And then if it's crowded, then you pull. You pull one, you pull two, I'm missing two, and then you put the braces on. But 
Um, and this is an improvement, but now children as young as six can have an expander where you actually widen the upper jaw to make more room to accommodate all the permanent teeth. So it's simply math that if you have more room, then you can have more teeth. And that's a great thing. And that's something that should be done early. But we're, we are also seeing a lot of phase one and phase two, in essence, two rounds of orthodontic treatment, ka-ching, ka-ching. Um, unless there's a valid reason, that's not so cool. So for the average child, I am also seeing a lot of kids in middle school have braces. So here's something I'm going to suggest to you. That Do you have sons or daughters? Two sons and a daughter. Yeah, so sons and boy, a girl, boy. Okay. So I have a boy and a girl. And when my daughter was in sixth grade, she was slim. She was almost as tall as I was. But when my son was the same age, he was kind of short and pudgy and still had his baby fat. And it would be a couple years before he started his growth spurt. So we know that, that there are physiologic differences in growth development between boys and girls. So that boy that's in middle school that's got braces, his jaw is not fully developed because jaw development is tied to overall growth development. And girls between the ages of 14 and 16, they've, they've already finished most of their jaw growth. But boys, by contrast, it's much later, like between 16 to 20. And it's not uncommon for boys to grow into their mid-20s. So when teeth come in, they are their full adult size. But here we are. I think it's premature if at age 13 we're making decisions on where to move teeth and to put braces on these teeth when the jaws haven't been fully developed. So there might even be a possibility that if we wait for the jaws to fully mature, that that kid is not going to need braces. Also, pre-adolescent and adolescent boys are notoriously deficient in their oral hygiene and maybe their overall hygiene. So you have these braces on for two years and take them off, and then you have a mouthful of cavities. But we continue to put braces on preteens, and there are reasons for that. I mean, the first being social. So every kid wants to finish by the time they get into high school. No one wants to be walking around with these metal braces in high school, much less in college. Secondly. Just, yeah, go ahead. Hmm? No, no, please go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say orthodontic treatment, you have to go regularly, has to be supervised. You need a mom or you need a dad to supervise that. And if you have a college kid or a young adult doing this, it may or may not happen. And then there's a financial reason that by the time the end of high school or college hits, there might be other financial obligations like college or with a young adult, they may not have the financial resources to be able to afford braces. And so it is still done in the preteen years. Should it be? There are a number of reasons not to, especially for boys, but but that's what's happening. All right. So thank you, Doctor. And I, I love I love you you being very candid about it. And 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 I have to say, uh while my I travel a lot, so again, equally observant overseas versus in the States, I see lesser you know, use of the braces for the same age group. And, you know, my kids and I would travel a lot. 
I love to to travel, and so they just learn that for me, and they mm. just go, especially when they're younger. And then, as we travel, I mean, I just, I mean, you can't miss braces. You know, braces are very in your face, right? You can't you can't change them literally. No pun intended. But but the fact is, you know, you see it, you know, and you just, I, I always that that's that's a question again. It, it kept going in my mind, like from one to the other. And I'm not even going to go into the concept of the finances piece of it because it makes sense, you know, financially and so on and so forth. Um, but but is it needed? Is it not? I, I, I get it. If there is a, a need for it, why not? I mean, it's it's necessary. You got to fix. But this is the question, like, what about natural just, I mean, to your point, if if, if the body's growing and the teeth are going to eventually form the way they're supposed to, they're going to be natural looking. I mean, a good, a good example, and I see this also in, in the, aesthetic or cosmetic world if you want to call it that way the like we have the hollywood smile right <laughs> you know a very common certain look they got to be white they got to be you know like veneer looking 100 some is looking good some is not as looking good depends on the price you pay but that's another story but you know you look at actors for example in europe in other parts of the world they don't seem to actually take you know that same approach i mean i you know, I'm, I'm a movie buff. I, I do kind of watch different, you know, movies from all the world and or, or documentaries for that matter. And and you will see that, you know, the people are just different. The actors there versus the actors in the States, they just have a different look. They actually more natural looking, probably yellowish teeth versus like, you know, here they have to look a certain bright look. And if they don't match that look, it's like, you know, it's, ooh, it's not supposed to look like, is that intended to be that way? I mean, it just again, it's a it's a simple question. It's not a judgment. I know it's a preference. One looks different than the other, but some people may have just to feel that I just don't want to look any, you know, model looking. I just want to be natural. My teeth are a certain look. I mean, ivory looking versus like really bright white, you know, bleach type of look. You know what what does that mean? Uh, you know, it's it's a question that's always been. What is your opinion about that, Doc? Um, I, I think this goes way beyond teeth. You know, it speaks oh, okay. to it speaks to the American society, right? <laughs> and, and our focus yes. on and our focus on youth and our focus on looks and our focus on everything being perfect. Um, getting back to the braces, there may be functional reasons to have to do braces or to orthodontics, uh, and then there are the aesthetic reasons. So I don't want to impose my value judgments on anybody, but in this country, I think that there is a, a quite a, a big emphasis on aesthetics and cosmetics, and so. Maybe that's why you see more orthodontia done in this country, or you see the Hollywood smile. I was just in England recently, and yeah, you're right. Uh, we have more perfect teeth here than we do across the pond. <laughs> well, so, so, Doctor, question on that is, because I know when you do that, I mean, it's really taking your regular tooth, you know, reducing them, and then you have this new layer. I mean, how how will i mean talking about maintenance that's gonna be for life i mean you you just cannot do it and, and and leave it i mean i'm sure there's gonna be problems with that in the long run which means eventually you probably get into an implant and we can talk about implants in a minute uh, believe it or not my, one of my best friends is an implant you know sur surgeon you know for dentistry so mm -hmm. so so and, and that's what i alluded about we did a show before about it <clears throat> but 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 the idea is you have this smile 
that you because of the aesthetic because the look because of the i guess peer pressure or like that's how you're supposed to look otherwise you're like oh you know what's wrong with you you know you don't take care of your mouth you could be perfectly you know healthy in your mouth you just don't have to have that white shiny you know uh straight you know uh dimensional uh looking you know mouth but but that means you have to like listen i you asked me if I had a, a crown. I did, and so that, that that means I had to. They shaved the tooth before they installed you know, the actual crown on it, which means your tooth now is weakening over time. It's and probably even you know. Die. And again, I'm not sure if that's you know medically correct, but but how, it, the maintenance of that thing needs to be forever, especially if you do it early on. I mean, to keep that, you're probably going to have to change that amount over the years. I mean, I know they probably guaranteed for a certain period of time. But it's not going to live forever, right? And so it is. It is a, a problem in a way because now it is. It is probably going to affect health as well, right? Um, are you referring to veneers? Is yeah, that what well, the veneers? Yeah. The, well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the Hollywood look is all veneers, right? It means that's what they are. It's. It could be. Uh, it could be veneers. It could be crowns. It could be maybe okay. it's their. It could be maybe it's their natural teeth and they're just whitened and bleached um i wasn't referring about that (laughs) but having said that anything that's artificial needs maintenance period if you get breast implants as a 20 something year old woman you're going to need to have them replaced in your lifetime everything needs maintenance um again I don't want to impose my values on anybody else, but uh, you are absolutely correct that if you have a set of veneers done, say, at age 30, there is a good possibility that you will need those veneers replaced or one will pop off or one will break or chip and you'll need one replaced. Thank you. And again, this is talk about, you know, dental and oral hygiene oral just in general mm-hmm. and you know i mean these are just things that are happening i mean you have that and um and 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 so the the fact is i mean you mentioned crowns and and root canals i think you mentioned root canals um it's it's also part of you know what happens when you you're trying to fix your teeth right to to make them look good or at least fix them and you know is there a health related problem that can happen to the rest of your body from one of those things like if you have a cavity and then you have a root canal and it's not maintained um if you have a cavity and the cavity grows to where well let me back up and say that within the tooth the outer layer is called the enamel and then Inside the enamel is a layer called dentin that has some nerve fibers in there. And then at the very core of the tooth is the so-called nerve of the tooth or the pulp of the tooth. So if you have a cavity, a hole in the tooth, and the cavity becomes large such that it's all the way to the nerve of the tooth, and if you don't get it treated, then yes, it will impact your overall health. There's a good likelihood that that tooth will abscess and get an infection and the infection will enter into your the, the rest of your system and your bloodstream and there have even been cases where a tooth infection has resulted in death so so i was going to ask about that because i did hear 
uh, and I did read uh, read about uh, cardio problems from you know oral hygiene. What kind of like, what kind of problems? Car- car- cardio, like heart problems. Oh, cardio are, problems. Cardio uh-huh. problems, yeah, that are related to you know a weak or poor you know oral hygiene. Is that fact? I mean. Uh, to your point, I mean, if there's abscess and there is, you know, an infection, mm-hmm. that obviously going to get into your, your, you know, and then you get your system, you know, your system and certainly it can affect other, now it depends on your immune system, depends on a lot of factors, you know, something could go off, right? And, and or, or that, <laughs> stop working. I mean, it is, it is there. So, so really the importance of, of taking care of your mouth, you know, starts from the early days and it has a high priority. And, and a lot of people sometimes may not know how to do that. So doctor, you know, what are some of the key elements that probably as, as simple as they could be that you can share with us that we need to reestablish? Mind you that this show is not just for the States, it's all over the world. So there are people, there may be parts of the world that oral hygiene may not be part of their top priority as we have here. I mean, in the States, you know, you know, you got to, you know, brush your teeth after food and you got to floss and stuff, but it's not, you know, as, 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 as simple or as readily available in a lot of places. Right, and then then we'll talk about some other things, such as which products are more, you know, better than the others. For example, a lot of people talk about like all the toothpaste. Are they good for you? What kind of toothpaste you should have? You know, some of these things can affect your animal and and you know and and, and affect your teeth, you know, or your gum. Versus some other, some of those things may have chemicals that may affect your body. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if we can we can you know dive into that one, but the idea is some of the tips that you, or advice you can give our general audience about like really just the basic elements of what you should be doing to keep your mouth healthy, your gum healthy. And we can talk about also like the frequency on cleanings and things like that, if you don't mind. Okay, sure. Um, number one, brush your teeth. You don't need a fancy toothbrush. Uh, the research has shown that an electric brush is more effective than a manual brush. I don't know if that's tied to the fact that the electric brush has a timer and it beeps at you every 30 seconds. So you're brushing your teeth for a full two minutes versus a manual brush where you're probably not brushing your teeth for a full two minutes. But brush your teeth. You don't need a fancy brush. You actually don't even need a toothbrush. It is the mechanical action of rubbing against the teeth to remove the plaque. That's all you need. Toothpaste. You don't need toothpaste. Our our commercial toothpaste have, there are preservatives in there. There's a detergent in there to clean. There's something that foams because we equate being clean with foaming action. There might be some kind of, um, humidifier humectant in there to to moist to, to keep everything moist and keep it together or flavorings in there uh to your point about everyone having whiter teeth well whitening toothpaste did not get introduced until i believe it was the 1960s or 1970s and now whitening toothpaste is the most popular type of toothpaste at least in the US that's sold The one beneficial ingredient in toothpaste is fluoride. So beyond that, you can brush your teeth without toothpaste. There's an old remedy that was baking soda and some peroxide and salt. And if you mix that together in a slurry, people used to brush their teeth with that. 
So brushing, the most important time to brush is at night before you go to sleep. The reason being that our saliva flow decreases dramatically at night and saliva not only helps you digest your food, it helps you chew your food, but it it also has cavity fighting properties in there. And so if you're going to brush once a day, brush at night before you go to sleep. Flossing, super important. With the brush, you can't get in between your teeth. So the floss is designed to get in between your teeth, whether you use floss or you use some kind of a water flosser, which is the old water irrigator, water pick. Um, That's fine. But some way to clean in between your teeth. In terms of diet, every time you eat sugar, and by sugar, I mean not only candy, but any kind of carbohydrate, like anything glucose, anything that ends in O-S-E, so pasta, cereal, breads, anything, it results in 20 minutes when you can possibly get a cavity. So if you're going to give your kids six pieces of candy, just give it to them all at once and let them eat it all at once, (laughs) rather than a piece now and a piece in an hour and a piece in two hours try to uh, um, keep your the, the times that you eat as limited as possible. Uh, so doctor, so that what we grew up with, the idea is that if you eat a lot of candy, you will get cavity. That is yes. the real thing. It's no, it's not a myth. It's real. And it, it happens and it's, it's no, you're not going to shake that out. You got to do it right. Either avoid it or if to your point, and I like what you said, doc is, you need to know the time. If you're going to do it, get that sweet tooth out and then clean up so you don't have any aftermath. Thank you. <laughs> right, because the sugar combines with the bacteria that's already in your mouth and it creates acid and the acid is what creates holes or cavities in your teeth. So, I love it. Um, go to the dentist. Because just because you have pain or you don't have pain That's one of the misconceptions about oral health is that pain is a reliable indicator because pain is not. So I might have patients say, hey, doc, you know, it's not bothering me. Why do I need to get it fixed? Well, the person might have this huge infection in their mouth, but it's not hurting, but it needs to be taken care of. So the the absence of pain doesn't mean that there's not a problem. The opposite Having pain does not necessarily mean that there is a problem or a serious problem. Or Sometimes you have pain in your teeth that's coming from elsewhere in your mouth, like an ear infection or a sinus infection, and that can be mistakenly confused for a toothache. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell whether you have anything going on in your mouth. So you have to go to the dentist and get an examination, ideally once a year. Thank you, Doc. So, so let's talk about a few things that that also uh, that are important. Like people that smoke, you know, normally we hear that it has a big effect on your teeth. Um, and, you know, is that a real thing? And uh, is there anything that we can give them as advice if it is? It's not so much going to affect your teeth as you're going to get oral cancer. Smokers get cancer, simply put. 
Well, but thank you, Doc, because that's another thing. Or like you know, like really, cancer in your mouth. That is that is another piece of 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 something that we have to be aware of. Uh, and and smoking is going to not only lung, throat, you know, all the other stuff. Right, certainly, right. starting your mouth, your wow, your gums, and I guess your palate, whatever. I mean, it, it is it is it is dangerous. I think the research is crystal clear on that. Smoking is tied to cancer, whether it's, you know, lung, mouth, whatever. And and it's not just smoking. It's smoking, chewing tobacco, um, cigar smoking. Uh, for your international listeners, betel nut chewing is tied to oral cancer. Not only is it very unsightly, you end up with orange, brownish, black teeth, but it's tied to oral cancer. And when your dentist, when you go to the dentist for an examination, that's one of the critical tasks that should be done is that the dentist should be looking and doing a screening for anything abnormal, any kind of unusual soft tissue. And if there is, you know, take further action. Well, thank you, Doc. I mean, you're opening up our eyes and, and, and ears right now to a lot of things because, you know, some of us listening and watching right now, we think we know. But really, there's more to this. And, you know, I don't think that anyone that's going to a dentist is like, can you check if I have cancer or if I have other problems? They just go, do I have a cavity or not a cavity? That's yeah. it. Or that's really what we usually go to. Or let's do the cleaning, you know, which is, you know, sometimes people do, sometimes don't. So thank you for really bringing that up. You know, oh, you're welcome. Up, you know. So so a couple of things. Now, now, I know women who are pregnant, they have. A deficiency in calcium sometimes and there is there's a statement that, that we hear all the time that um the it affects the teeth you know what can we do to remedy that for for any women that expect you know like to expect so so i hurricane i think that's an old wives tale that for oh, every, so again what, yeah yeah what, what is it that we hear that for every pregnancy a woman calcium, loses a tooth well, something like yeah. that well, well, they that's say an, that, Calcium is, is you know, there's a deficiency in calcium and therefore, you know, the teeth get loose and eventually they can lose some more, especially if they have more pregnancies back to back. Okay. So that is not true. So you do not, calcium does not leach out of your teeth. Yes, pregnant women need more calcium. They have to take supplements, prenatal vitamins and so forth. Um, pregnant women... The, several things happen. One, because of the hormones, it, it it affects the gums. And so it's imperative for pregnant women to keep their mouths as clean as possible. Any little plaque in there can cause inflammation and irritation and swelling of the gums. A woman who's pregnant should go and get her teeth cleaned she should get her teeth clean as many as three times during the pregnancy. Um, you said that you were in the insurance sector before, or you still are. So here's an interesting fact for you is that dental insurance, for the most part, they cover two cleanings a year, but there are some insurances that will cover three cleanings a year for an expectant woman. So you know that that's important if the insurance industry has gotten behind that. So uh, any expectation? <laughs> <I'm sorry, that laughs> Am I right? Yeah, I'm not. No judgment here. <laughs> I'm being neutral right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but but it's a it's a fair statement. It's a fair statement. Right. So so uh, any any woman out there who's expecting they they sh should go get their teeth cleaned. 
One reason that women may have some difficulty with their teeth while they're pregnant is that, um, well, two reasons. One, they're eating more or they're eating more frequently or they're eating food that's they're craving for that might be not the most healthy thing for them. So there's that and their hygiene may not be following along with the increased frequency of their eating. Two, maybe pregnant women have morning sickness and they're vomiting. So if you're habitually vomiting, that's going to take a toll on your teeth. So here's another tip for your listeners. So if 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 you throw up, anybody that's vomiting, you don't have to be a pregnant woman. Do not brush your teeth right away because your mouth is very acidic. And when you brush your teeth right away, you're just sloshing that acid all over the place and around your teeth. Get some baking soda and mix it with some water and rinse it with the baking soda rinse. And that will neutralize the acid that's in your mouth. And then wait 20 to 30 minutes before you brush your teeth. So. I love it. I love it. I mean, those are tips that, that you know, who knows, right? I mean, it, it's always great. And anybody to have can an do. Well, yeah. Inexpensive, I mean, easy, anybody can do. Well, thank you, Doc. I mean, you've given us a yeah. lot of easy things that we can use as alternatives. In, and you clarify things even like about the toothpaste versus the and toothbrush. Do you need them? You don't need them. The key is the motion. The key is to make sure that you you have that clearing of that acidity and all the things. Mm-hmm. That That leads me to the next question. Are there any foods we should avoid, period, because they are, or drinks, beverages, alcoholic or non, that we should not consume uh, if we want to maintain a better, you know, oral health? Well, I think you mentioned candy early on. We all like candy. I like candy. I eat candy. But yes, we shouldn't eat too much um, sucrose. We shouldn't have too much high fructose corn syrup. It not only affects, you know, our teeth, but it affects the rest of us. It makes us fat. Uh, and listen, people, that that have, people that have a lot of dental work, as you pointed out earlier, so astutely, it needs to be maintained over your lifetime. So say you have a mouthful of veneers or a mouthful of crowns, I would avoid anything that's hard and sticky because you bite it the wrong way and then you open and that can dislodge the crown. It can dislodge the veneer. If you have a mouthful of veneers, I wouldn't eat any um, hard candies or hard food or hard nuts because that's porcelain and it can chip. And it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So, so Doc, uh, another question. Now, now, we'll move to our elderly. You know, I mean, certainly as people age, there's definitely a loss, you know, of, of gum mass, I guess. And sometimes depends on, on your health and how well you maintain. You can maintain for life. But a lot of people get dentures, uh, partial or full dentures. You know, I, I mean, again, I know because from the insurance space, we we, mm-hmm. we cover those under our dental pre- you know, program benefits. But uh, and even like in the because I work in the government programs and government programs, for example, Medicaid does dentures. They don't do implants, but they will do dentures. Right. And right. so 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 how to I mean, certainly, you, hopefully we'd like people not to get to the dentures level, but but it can happen. 
I mean, if we do everything correctly, we shouldn't get that. 99%, unless there's genetics or whatever that may affect your body and therefore you might have just to lose your teeth as you age. Now, some people get that early on versus later on. What can we tell our folks as they age? And, you know, is there any specific thing that we can talk about in terms of the, the dentures uh, when it comes to the elderly? Yeah, um, I do not, I don't agree that it's not a given. Let me just say, it's not a given that as we age, we're going to wear dentures. Agreed. I, I said, if, you know, some people yeah. may not take care of themselves, eventually they get gum disease or whatever, that could yeah. be the problem. Um, that, that your listeners should not expect that to happen. But here are, here are some things that do happen as we age. Uh, we may lose some of the supporting bone that holds our teeth in, and we may have some gum recession. It doesn't always happen but it can happen. So that leads to larger gaps in between your teeth. So you may find if you're never got food stuck in your teeth and one day you turn around and you're 55 years old and every time you eat, you have food stuck in your teeth and you have to you know, go rinse your mouth or you have to make sure you don't have green things sticking out. So that is one thing that can happen. Um, so oral hygiene, it all goes back to oral hygiene, that that is an important element in what we do to take care of our mouths. So another thing that we see is that the, el the older you get, you take more prescription medication. Someone in your, their 30s, they may take one or two prescription medications on average, but you see somebody that's 65 and they are probably taking many more prescription medications. And some of these medications have side effects that cause dry mouth. So dry mouth is a real problem. When your mouth is, is, as I mentioned earlier, saliva has, you know, not only does it help with chewing and digestion, it has some cavity fighting properties in our mouth. So here you're drinking water here. <laughs> We're on the radio, but yes, you, you said you said water. Yes, I am. You said dry mouth, and then yeah, I had to you reminded right. me I gotta get my water. <laughs> uh, and so again, it's it's even more critical to keep up with our oral hygiene because with someone that has a dry mouth, you can get cavities seemingly overnight. And um, if we have gum recession, then the roots of our tooth become exposed and the roots are not covered or protected by enamel. So they're even more susceptible to tooth decay. And you compound that with it's challenging for the dentist to fix cavities on roots. It's just harder than it is on the top of your tooth. And so um, that, that can have a cascading effect. Um, if you do lose a tooth as a senior or anybody, put a replacement in there. Put something in there. The more teeth that you lose, the more spaces that you have, um, it will cause your bite to collapse. And then uh, you see older people get this look where their mouths are kind of squished together and you see little lines on the sides of their lips. Um, not only do you start to look old, but your bite collapses 
and you're not able to chew as well or support, you know, all the skin, all of your, your facial muscles here. And so the area starts to sag and you start to look old. So there's many reasons, not just the, the cosmetic reasons, but functional reasons to replace your teeth. But paying for dental care is a challenge for seniors. Well, Medicare doesn't doesn't cover it. <laughs> yes, yes. You know that very well. That oh, is a yeah. surprise for, for many people as they is a is they stop working, is they may have had employer insurance while they were employed, and that included dental insurance. So as they transition to not working, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to get on Medicare and Medicare is going to pay for everything. Big surprise. No, plus you're going to have co-pays with Medicare, but Medicare does not cover dental for the most part. There are some very few exceptions. It doesn't cover dental. It doesn't cover glasses or contacts. It doesn't cover hearing aids. So you're, you're talking in my space right now. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a plan for that. We, we have plenty of plans out there. I can, I can. Yes. Sell it to you. You, yes. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I, thank you. I mean, you're right, doctor. Medicare doesn't cover dental, doesn't cover vision, doesn't cover hearing aids. That, although dental, there are some, some preventative things that, that can be right. like the filings, you know, the x-rays and a couple of cleanings mm -hmm. or whatever, every six months. But that's about it. There's no dental stuff. There's no additional It's a very stuff. bare bones plan. Yeah, and so you have options. Obviously, you can buy a supplement, or you can literally get into a managed care, you know, plan that has a dental component, and most of them do some allowance, two thousand, three thousand, uh, you know, a year for dental, which can go towards everything. Many will not allow implant, but allow other things. Uh, although, you know, there's discussions about that within the industry that you know, if you're going to give an allowance, doesn't matter what it is, as long as it fits into maybe it could be one implant or two implants. But that's doesn't it. But so that's it. I'm not going to talk insurance today, but. But really, you're right. It is. It is. It is. Just in general, dentistry is not cheap, and and it's you know uh, there is insurance for dentistry, and they also are different set from the medical insurance, and they're just different way of they design the benefits and the copays and the stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it remains expensive, even for like we talked about, you know, uh, crowns and. If you do a crown, if you have a root canal, you're gonna pay a portion of that. And true story, but in 2000, actually, I started the um, a dental discount program personally, where we had contracts with doctors to a lot to give a certain percentage discount, you know, for people that go because this way it helps them. So I can tell you, I mean, we did it because there was nothing efficient enough. So at least we were help, able to help some people reduce some cost. And it is a, a very difficult, you know, uh, aspect of it, but yet we do need it. I mean, one you talked about like how is it important i mean if you have a good set of teeth you're going to eat well you can chew on food better that means your digestive system is not affected and then all the other stuff you know that you might have as problems is going to go away so it's all linked i mean we're supposed to operate all in optimum levels across every single <laughs> department in our body right but but you know you fail you know in the mouth and that could be just tremendous you might not see the results immediately buddy over time i mean again if we don't chew food for example correctly you know, it does impact your digestive system big time, and then then you have other problems now, uh, and then that's a whole expensive cost that can that can become later on. So, and, and that's not about cost; it's just your health. There's pain. There's there's really it's just difficult to to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer, right? Right. Yeah, and and it all goes back to what we talked about early in the program: is that everything's interconnected. 
in terms of our health. But one other point I want to make about um, seniors is that we talk about eating. So as we age, this doesn't happen to everybody, but most people have some loss of mobility or decrease in mobility. And what we were able to do at age 30, we cannot do at age 80. So food becomes so important. It's one of the highlights of life and we look forward to eating. So to deprive somebody of the pleasure of food when they can't do some of the other things that they can do, you know, it's important. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind for the senior population. Thank you, Doc. Well, so, Teresa, um, now uh, implants is is another area that would like you know mm -hmm. I, mean, I know you do den general dentistry but when are they applicable and is there an age where it, it cannot work uh whether at a younger age or older age okay i'll tell you a story about my <laughs> mother-in-law okay <laughs> so my, my, uh, my you like her right you like her right <laughs> oh, she was great. I I got lucky on that front. She was the best mother-in-law any daughter-in-law could wish to have. But my mother-in-law wore, she was missing some teeth, most of her teeth. And then little by little, a tooth would break and she would lose the tooth. So she ended up wearing dentures. And she was a, a very successful denture wearer as denture wearers go. And she had a great attitude and she could eat whatever she wanted. But then she started to complain that, oh, she couldn't eat nuts. Well, she didn't know that almost all denture wearers cannot eat nuts, but she wanted to eat nuts. And she was almost 80 at that time. And I struggled with this, whether she was too old to have implants or not, but we decided to do it. And I put two implants into her lower jaw, one on each side of her lower jaw. And then from that, we built this, this, this anchor, this bridge uh, to cover the two implants. And then her, her denture then hooked onto this arch that we built. And it was great and kept her denture in place. And then she could eat whatever she wanted. So she had 10 good years with that. So in answer to your question, are you too old? No, I don't think you are ever too old, assuming that you your your health is reasonably good and that there are no major contraindications to having something done. My dad is 100 years old and he has a partial denture and he could have implants done, but he says, no, he doesn't want to deal with it. He's eating fine, but he's in extremely good health for his age and he's not even too old thank god bless i mean 100 years yeah. is, is awesome and you know yeah. and he's whatever he's doing he needs to keep doing right. we, need, we, need, we need to get some of his medicine because that's important but but you're right i mean it, it's it's you can maintain your health and i we had the other day i had a show and i just literally made the statement that you cannot extend life but you do extend health you know i mean you live long but you need to live healthy. And, and the problem is if you don't take care of your health and that includes your oral health, everything else can go wrong and it, it really trickles down effect and then things can go badly quickly. So, um, And you're uh, miserable. Who wants to live long if you're going to be miserable? The key is to live healthy. 
vitality. <laughs> right. But um, getting back to your question about implants, yes, implants, it's one of the greatest things that has happened in dentistry in the last several decades. Um, and they're pretty safe. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Implants can be used to replace a single tooth. It can be used to replace multiple teeth. It can be used to have a denture hook onto. Uh, it, it, it can even be used, um, here, say somebody has cancer in their mouth somewhere and they need a portion of their jaw removed. Well, you can put an implant somewhere and anchor in the artificial replacement for that part of the jaw or uh, for patients who have lost a nose, implants can be used to hook on a nose or an ear. So that, that, that's, that's yeah. you know, I mean, to re I mean, it's amazing now how, how we've advanced in, in the science and the technology that applies here. Now, now how young you need to be to get your implant? Because let's say someone loses a tooth, you know, that is not a baby tooth, but it's at an early age. Do they need to be a, a certain point, you know, before they can get, you know, an implant? Yes. And that is tied to the jaw growth that I was talking about earlier, is that the jaws have to be completely fully developed. So if we bring back our 13-year-old boy and he gets hit in the mouth and loses his front tooth, he's going to be wearing some kind of an artificial tooth until he's in his mid-20s and he can get that implant. Mid-20s? Well, wow. until his jaw is fully developed. And that can be evaluated by, by a dentist. And it could be in his mid-20s, right. Okay. All right. So now one question that probably drives everybody nuts, which is the wisdom teeth. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, like like my daughter is going through that. They're coming out now. And she's like, oh, my, my wisdom tooth are coming. You know, I'm like... I mean, I personally still have all my four, whatever. I never removed them. They they didn't bother me and they stayed there. And I guess, I don't know if they're still, you know, just there somewhere. I don't even pay attention to them, but they're there. Because <laughs> I remember I never removed them. My wife on the other hand took all of, you know, all of them out. Now my kids are questioning, do we want to take them out or do we want to keep them? What's your, what's your verdict on that? So you were talking about seeing braces everywhere in this country and not when you go overseas. So this is another um, phenomenon that is American pretty much in nature is that here we more or less routinely extract wisdom teeth and it's almost a rite of passage. But should they be extracted? Um in the United States, we spend an estimated $3 billion every year on the removal of wisdom teeth. So in other countries, like in the UK or Australia, they discourage this practice and they don't automatically extract wisdom teeth. So the, the proponents of doing this will cite reasons such as it's hard to keep that area clean back there, it's possible to get cavities or gum infections, sometimes cysts or even tumors can form around an impacted wisdom tooth. Um, if there's not enough room, if we've established that the jaws have fully grown and there's not enough room, why not get rid of the teeth sooner rather than later? Because 
we all know that surgery and healing, it's always easier and faster in a younger person. So maybe the most common reason to take out the wisdom tooth is the thinking that it, it's going to push your other teeth. That is not true. The research uh, that's has what not, we've been hearing, yes. <laughs> no, the research has not shown that to be true whatsoever, but somehow that myth has persisted, and even dentists believe that. But that's not true. Only in the US, though. It, it, no, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> oh, worldwide. Okay. All right. <laughs> right, right. I, your wisdom teeth don't push your other teeth and make them crowded. No, no, what there's I'm saying. Not, there's yeah. there's not evidence for that. But but no, I, I don't think that there's there's concrete evidence to recommend the wholesale removal of wisdom teeth. So a fully erupted wisdom tooth, which is what I hear you describing that you have, it functions like any other molar, and we should leave those alone. Impacted wisdom teeth, it depends. They need to be monitored if they're problematic then they should be extracted, but otherwise we should leave them intact. And uh, there's no rule that all four should come out. So we should leave the ones that are fine alone and the ones that are a problem, take them out. So so your question is, when do we extract, right? Oh, do we even do it? Because because like my daughter is like questioning, do I need to, to, to get rid of them? I was like, you don't have to. I mean, I didn't take them off. You know, I, they didn't ever bother me. But again, I, that's me. Yeah. Uh, but, but, According to so you, there right are now, some situations yeah. where they they should be, the wisdom tooth should be removed. So one is if there's repeated infection or pain, then the tooth should come out. Or two, if there's a cavity that develops in the wisdom tooth that makes it really hard to treat to fill, then consider taking it out. Or sometimes there's a cavity that forms in the tooth directly in front of the wisdom tooth, but the wisdom tooth is in the way. And so then the doctor can't get to that tooth to fix it. Then that's a good reason to take the wisdom tooth out. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If there's any unusual gum changes or gum problems, like sometimes if you're missing the bottom wisdom tooth, and the top wisdom tooth grows and it grows all the way to where it hits on the bottom gum and then it rubs against it and it irritates it. Um, that may be a good reason to remove that top wisdom tooth. Um, another reason is any wisdom tooth or any teeth that are questionable prior to certain treatments that can cause a condition called osteonecrosis. And that's usually if you have radiation treatment for cancer, then any questionable teeth should be taken out. Um, and the last reason that I can think of is if you're going to have braces and it's already crowded and the other teeth have to be moved and the wisdom tooth is in the way, then it makes sense to take it out. So that's a lot of conditions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So in short, what I'm saying, Hurricane, is it's a case by case basis. And I and I and I believe in that. I mean, if if there is a need, 
Yes, but it cannot be a blanket concept. It's just, you know, a practice. Let's just take those. I mean, there's got to be, I mean, they're there for a reason. I'm assuming they were designed to be there. I mean, you know, it's not like it just added, you know, piece of, of hardware. It's what it was there created by, by, by the dynamics of, of your anatomy. It's there. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you bring that up because the wisdom tooth is the most commonly congenitally missing tooth. So think back to way back in the caveman days when we had these big, strong jaws and it accommodated all of our teeth, but evolution is a slow process. And so we haven't gotten there yet, but when we transitioned into from a a hunter-gatherer society to an agrarian society and we stayed put and we discovered fire and we cooked our food and we ate softer food, our jaws got smaller, but we still had the same number of teeth. And so that's one reason why we have impacted wisdom teeth because our jaws are smaller than they used to be millions and millions of years ago. They just stay there. I mean, basically there, you know, but, but they do come out. I mean, but eventually, I think we, if, 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 if human beings are still around many, many millennia from now, we will probably have evolved to where we don't have wisdom teeth. Oh, wow. Okay. But again, that's a long time from now. <laughs> and I guess if, they, if we do exist, then the science will be matching in that level of, of need, whatever it is at the time. We'll be, you know, I don't know. We'll be bionic. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, we well, listen, Doctor. I mean, we covered quite a bit of 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 you know areas here. Are there anything that we did not talk about today that you'd like to share with our audiences? Um, I think we covered quite the gamut here. I, I, well, again, I. I, I thought we did, but but there's always yeah. something that I may be missing. So I that's why I had to ask. Oh well, so so. Doctor, I mean, I, I I enjoyed this. I mean, we had fun and we've covered quite a bit. And I and I and I appreciate you being as honest about certain realities, whether they're there need there's 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 a need for things when there is a need for things. And sometimes societies define different things differently based on different interests, I would say. And and there's some financial piece of it, there's some society, you know, to your point, you know, just uh it's how we live, you know, we are into the looks versus like some other cultures where they might not have that. And because again, our show here is worldwide and it, it, it literally going to hit different people from different cultures, different thoughts and beliefs. Uh, I think, you know, you've covered pretty much everything for everyone uh, and depends what part of the world you're in folks, you know, you'll be able to, 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 to see what works and what doesn't. Uh, but at the end of the thing, I think the message, the clear message is you got to take care of your oral health because it is, where everything begins, you know, for your for your gut, you know, and everything else, and you know, and it's important to keep it healthy because you want to live a healthier life for the longest, you know, as long as you live. Um, any great words of wisdom you would like to leave our audiences with today? Um. Well, why don't I say this? That to whiten your teeth is very safe, and there are great products out there. But we, no one needs to whiten their teeth. And if you want more information, you know, I, I have a website, www.teresayang, D 
bds.com, T-E-R-E-S-A-Y-A-N-G, bds.com. And I have a lot more information on there. I have a blog, um, a lot of information in my book, and there's more out there to learn. Talking about the book, that you know, we didn't expand on it. Well, you know, the book is available for people to 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 learn about, you know, dental and oral health, correct? The book is very comprehensive, easy to understand, simple. It covers everything from A to C about dentistry. And it's I wrote it for patients so that you can have a better relationship with your dentist and be able to be better informed and more collaborative in your dental health. But it's also good for dentists too, uh, particularly early career dentists, you know, to be able to talk to their patients. And yes, it's available on Amazon, everywhere where books are available. And it came out in August. And I'm excited about it. First things, congrats on that. And uh, yeah, Thank definitely you. we'll have also the link of, of the book in there so people can actually, you know, connect to it directly. Uh, and yeah, I mean, definitely folks reach out, you know, to a doctor and, and learn more about, you know, her practice and things. Now you are in the West Coast and uh, uh, you physically obviously have to have clients and patients, you know, patients, you know, live with you to do the work. But is there anything on the consultative side that you do like to... I mean, to educate, uh, is that something else that, that, that we can refer people to? Or basically, say, if they're physically close to you, they can come to you. If not, it's the book or the site. I actually um, don't see patients anymore, but um, I, I have made it my mission to share information with as many people as possible about dental health and the importance of dental health and what you can do and what's to, to really synthesize synthesize it down to the very basic practices of, you know, oral hygiene and diet and getting, getting examined every so often. Um, and I just want to spread the message out to as many people as possible. Thank you. Doc. So I, there was one thing I forgot. It, and, yes. and, and, and this is something that we've passed recently, which was the, the uh, pandemic. And I know, one of the areas in in the I guess the the health fields or the healthcare that was impacted the most probably is, was the dentistry. I mean, besides elective surgery and stuff, but really dentistry because of the dangers of the aerosol stuff or whatever the, the the you know in the air. Now, now I know we obviously resume practicing and everything is working today, but uh, what what I mean, I'm assuming that God forbid something else happens in the future. Now that we've had the pandemic. I don't discount anything. Everything is potentially possible and we never know, right? But are we well prepared in, in the industry to to hopefully mitigate anything of that nature? Yes, I think dentistry is very well prepared. Um, think back to the uh, AIDS crisis, which was in the early 80s, thereabouts. And so that was really a wake-up call to the profession and we uh, our sterilization procedures and um, wearing gloves, masks, all of that, protecting the patients. Uh, that was established during then and you know we rose to the challenge and and I think we rose to the challenge during COVID. And dentistry is very well prepared, I believe, to handle, you know, any kind of crisis that comes along. 
So one more question, Doc, you know, which which people may know may that exists. I know there is some dentists that are like literally they, they visit, visiting dentists. And I know they do. I've seen that happen, actually, at least in the New York market. Um, is that efficient? Is that I mean, obviously, it does not meet the same level that you have in your office space. Right. But but I've seen that happen, you know, where they have mobile dentistry. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What What do you say to that? I think it's great. I think it, I think it full I think it fulfills a need that's only going to grow because of the demographic changes in this country. The the US is getting older. And so if the patients can't come to the dentist, the dentist can go to the patient. There are now handheld x-ray machines that can be used and there are portable units. So Ava, it's 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 a good option, quite honestly. Well, you know, I just wanted to confirm that you know from your expertise, you know that that you mm-hmm. will really support that idea. And by the way, it might not be around the world in some parts, but but it, it is an option. Uh, and someone out there, if you have lack or distance, whatever, there might be potential. If dentists out there may want to adopt some of the technology and be able to do this that could be something beneficial uh in rural areas you know around the world and you know, some believe it or not even the states not everybody gets the same access you know if you're in the suburbs you know the distance between you and the nearest you know clinic could be a little further than than in, a, in new york city or some metropolitan so and that goes around the same around the world so so again i just something that i came to mind that I wanted to clarify with you, Doc. So thank you so right. much. Right. I'm kind of thinking about my father who, you know, he, the last thing he wants to do is set foot in any kind of a medical setting. But if it came to him, he might be more easily persuaded. There you go. Well, I mean, we have visiting doctors, I mean, in general, you know, mm-hmm. and you have mobile units that go to the neighborhood. Yeah. And this is just the next phase where, again, but it, but when you look, you think dentistry, you think about, you think about the whole drill bits and you have the lights and you have this the chair and all this stuff uh but but now it's a lot simpler than that and we have the equipment and the technology to do it in in a portable format and it has been in out there so it's a little bit harder to navigate and to figure out and it might not be ideal but having some care is better than no care oh great you can fix a cavity you can do some basic stuff maybe not a surgery (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but 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 the basic stuff can be done so but at least you know to your point it can help someone you know i mean even talked about dentures and maybe someone needs fixing whatever they can come and take care of it you know bring it back send it right. back whatever so so there's definitely a merit to that so but again just wanted to to share that as piece of information and get your i guess approval and 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 your expertise on it on the matter so thank you all right, doctor. So uh, I think we've exceeded our hour, so we had fun. <laughs> yeah, <we> yes. <laughs> wow, time flew. I mean, I, I thought it was like just there. I just looked at the time now. So thank you so much for being with us and and, and for really sharing a lot of great insights. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed our discussion. And definitely, you know, I think it's going to be beneficial to a lot of people. And uh, hopefully they can get, you know, hold of your book as well. Anybody should get, you know, at least access to it to see like what that is. And if you're in the... I guess the industry or your the dentist, you know, world, you know, maybe this is something you want to have. Maybe insurance companies could have that as well. You never know. <laughs> to, to, I think it would to, be a good training tool. There you go. Um, listen, I, I'm pretty sure it has all the good nuggets that that we need to know about, whether we're patients or providers, at least 
from from the basic elements. So, well, thank you for doing that, Doctor, and and sharing your your years of expertise, you know, uh, in in the form of book and access, and also for coming on the podcast to to talk about these things. Well, well thank you very much, Hurricane. It was my pleasure being here, and I enjoyed speaking with you. Listen. Honor, privilege, pleasure, always. Thank you so much for for really, you know, uh, for this. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so that being said, folks, uh, I hope you had another great time with us today with a lot of information. And this time it affects this piece that is always talking, it's always in the face. It's the first thing people can notice. <laughs> so let's keep it nice and good. And it also, it's the part that helps us, you know, stay healthy through nutrition and things. So let's do the best that we can. And again, I'm guilty as charged. I mean, I've had some work done myself because when I was a kid, I was bum and, you know, I made some mistakes. And you know what? I tell my kids, do not make the same mistakes. So again, just take care of that and uh, your overall health. That's it. American Age, we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic, new guest. Bye for now. There's a lot of talk all over the Internet these days about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Whatever generation you're in, if you want more energy, better health, and a boost in vitality, we invite you to try Greska's Carbon-60, a stunning development in free radical destruction. Being much smaller in size than conventional antioxidants derived from fruits and vegetables, it is far more bioavailable to quickly mend the toxin-crippled cells in your body. Greska's Carbon-60 is the only C60 product that is made without the use of undesirable solvents. The only one. Greska's Carbon-60 was developed by a brilliant NASA carbon scientist and 95% report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Visit c-60.com. That's c-60.com or call 720-600-6040.